More important than how we achieve financial freedom is the why. Find your reasons why you want to be free and wealthy. That is a quote by Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 157. The topic of this week's episode is Become Financially Free. My guest this week is Robert Riopel. Robert is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the past 18 years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He has also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financially freedom at 32 to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Realizing that he is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues opens individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them, and that is the why he is a highly sought-after presenter. Hi, Robert. Welcome to Trina Talk. (laughs) Thanks, Trina. Glad to be here. I know we're going to have no fun on this interview at all. Yes, you are just such a stick in the mud, I'm telling you right now. Okay, so how I start the show off is I like to ask all my guests to tell the listeners who you are and how you come to be the Robert that you are today. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, um, I am blessed to be an international bestselling author. I am an app designer. I am a serial entrepreneur. But the thing I'm most proud of is the fact that I'm a trainer that's been blessed to travel around the world several times and personally taught over half a million people so far in live three to five day trainings for 12 hours a day on average on stage. And uh, that's who I am. And how I got there was, you know, something we were talking about before we started the recording. I will be the first to admit I would not be here doing what I do today if it wasn't for my amazing wife. Because where I grew up, it was all about here's the box. Don't think outside the box. Don't question the box. And it was when it comes to work, even if you don't like the job, you do what you need to do to support your family. And that's kind of how I started. And, you know, work hard. Find that company that pays you well and has, you know, security. Well, by the time I was 21, I'm laid off from my third company because they're closing the factory. And I'm going, I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. What's going on? And here in Alberta, where I live in Canada, when oil prices are high, our economy booms. We do well. But when oil prices are low, there's no work. 1989, laid off from that third job, there's no work. So I decided to do something until I find that real job. And that's where I started delivering for Domino's Pizza. And what's funny, though, Trina, is here I am. I start to deliver pizzas because of my work ethic. I start working hard. And I'm the old guy at 21. Mm-hmm. I'm the old guy. Because all the other drivers are 16, 17, 18. And so I know they want to party. So I could work seven days a week because I could always get one of them to give me their closing shift. Mm -hmm. And I started making more money doing delivering window down, listening to music, meeting people. I started making more money than my real job. And from that, I ended up becoming a manager. My wife then became my assistant. And together, what did we start doing? We started working hard, open to close seven days a week. And a year and a half in, all of a sudden, we got one of those shocks. Mm -hmm. My uh, franchisee announced, he says, I'm done with Domino's Pizza. I'm selling the store, both stores that he have, um, he owned. And we knew because we'd seen enough stores sold that the managers were instantly gone because the new um, owner came in with their own management team. So my mindset was, then we better start calling the other franchisees in the city and find out who we can go to work for. And my wife asked me, she goes, why would we do that? Why don't we just buy the store? And I looked at her and I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy the store. But I'll tell you, um, the running joke in our family, I was innocent until I met my wife. And then she corrupted me in so many amazing ways, like thinking outside the box and actually questioning things. 
So we started learning how do you buy a business if you have no money? And we made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. But every time something went wrong or we didn't get, uh, you know, someone said no, we learned something from it until we had enough confidence to go to our own bank. And when we went into our own bank, we ended up getting 100% financing, not for the store we were in, we got for both stores that he had for sale. And we ended up becoming franchisees. All right? And it was like, oh, we're successful. We knew how to run a store, but we didn't know how to run a business. And there's a big difference. And the first two years we struggled at, but we were too tenacious to fail, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And also when we started figuring things out, we started doing pretty good. But then something you've probably never met anyone, Trina, that's ever had this issue. We started spending more money than we were earning. I know that, right? Shocking, right? You've probably never met anybody who's ever done that. Nope. <laughs> and by the time we were franchisees for eight years, we're now over $150,000 in debt and going down quickly. And that's actually when we were introduced to personal development. All of a sudden, we go to a three-day weekend. We learn why we're in debt. Most importantly, though, we take ownership of why we're in debt, that it wasn't other people, it was us. And we started making changes, and we learned what to do if we want to get out of debt. And when we left that three days, we went, we have to make a change. And we put into action what we had just learned. And next thing you know, we go from being over $150,000 in debt to actually retired completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. Now, and our, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was going to say, in our minds went, that worked. If this much information gave us that result, what would more do? In the next two and a half years, we just dove in and learned as much as we could. And that's where I found my passion. Because I realized I wanted to teach if I could help even one person. And if your listeners get nothing else out of this, dream start with one step. My goal wasn't to go half a million people, train around the world, all of that. It was if I could help one person do what my wife and I had been able to do, go from being in debt to financially free, it'd make it all worthwhile. And that's kind of the journey. Wow. And see, so we're really going to have a good conversation because I want to know that because me, as I'm building my business, I found that, yes, I have accumulated some debt and I'm going, okay, <laughs> this is not where I want to be. This is not where I was a couple of years ago. So when you are teaching people, what are you teaching them? And, you know, how, cause how did you do it? How did you get out of debt in nine months? And, and I know with two salaries coming in, so like I'm a single mother. So I know with me, it takes a little bit longer cause it's just one income and the kids, but how did you do it overall? Well, and, and notice something that you said, because that's a, there's a misconception in something you just asked. Okay. You said, how did we get out of debt? Mm -hmm. You see, I never said we got out of debt. Okay. But what most people say or think, they go, you, how did you get out of debt? The first um, principle we learned is what financial freedom is. Okay. Yeah. Financial freedom is what we did never knew about was something called passive income. And to keep it simple, money working instead of you, plain and simple, right? So we had none. But we had a lot of instant gratification debt, monthly expenses, because, oh, we liked the toys, Trina. Mm -hmm. As we got more successful, we're successful. That means we should have two cars. We only ever use one because we were always at the store, <laughs> but we had two. One of our stores within was in a, a lake community, so we had a boat. Now, boating season was our busy time of the year, so the boat sat in the driveway, looked gorgeous, and never got used, right? But we had all the expenses. So we had expenses way up here. We didn't know what passive income, so it was way down here. And financial freedom, the definition is when you have enough passive income that is greater than your monthly expenses, you're now financially free. So the first thing we did is we sat down and we said, we're, what, what is it that we don't need right now? Sure, we may want it, but if we get rid of it and reduce the expenses, it'll allow us to go quicker. And so we sold the boat, got rid of the expenses. Sold one of the vehicles, got rid of the expenses. And we were willing to make the hard decisions to dramatically simplify our life and bring our expenses down as far and as fast as we could. Then at the same time, we started educating ourselves about passive incomes. What could, you know, an investment can be a passive income. A business, if it's running without you. We started systemizing our one store that we had left so that if we sold it, great. But if we didn't, we could actually step out of it have it fully run and still make profit. So that would have then become passive. So we started learning about passive income and all of a sudden 
as we dramatically reduced our expenses, we found two that ended up coming up. And so within nine months, they surpassed each other. Mm. So here's what I, where I want your audience to understand. We were now technically financially free. We didn't have to work now, but we weren't rich. We were barely getting by. But now here's a cool thing. As an entrepreneur yourself, let me ask you a question. Because we were working 50, 60, 70 or more hours a week at that point each in our store trying to earn a living. Mm -hmm. If I was the magic genie, since I've got the aerodynamic head, and I said, Trina, here's 50 hours more a week extra for you to do with whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Do you think that would make a difference in your life? Uh, No, because I would just continue to work harder. (laughs) Okay, so you and I are going to have some talks then for sure. Because that and that's that's look. Most people are working hard right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason they don't get wealthy is because they go, it's hard work and I'm already working hard. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize, you're actually working harder staying broke mm-hmm. than you would have to to get rich. Mm-hmm. Subtle little difference and it comes to mindset. Mm-hmm. See, so, and, and the way you answered that question exactly gives an example of what your mindset is, mm-hmm. is that you're a hard worker and that's your automatic answer. If I want more money, work harder. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that's not that it doesn't work. Mm. Not as not as as well as changing some of the mindset, working smart and getting your money to work hard for you. Plain and simple. Right. So what we did is also we had an extra 50 or more hours a week. So we started learning more because mm. it's like we doubt, now don't have to be at the stores. We, we're now financially free. We're not working. So we started educating more. But the biggest thing we did is we committed to take 10 of those hours every week. And focus that on specifically creating wealth. And now that we put our focus on creating wealth, all of a sudden we went from just doing okay to now creating wealth was so easy. You know, if you're a believer in like law of attraction, Mm -hmm. universal principles, there's a saying that says where attention goes, energy flows and results show. And so all of a sudden now 10 hours a week, we're focusing on creating wealth. And all of a sudden it's like we're living, get this, we're living in our RV at the time. Because one of the last things we did with Domino's Pizza is we were traveling around from cities, going into a store that was bankrupt or about to go bankrupt. We would go in, and within three months, we turned the store around to have profits and sales going up over 100%, and we'd leave. And because we wanted our dogs and that with us, we didn't want to live in hotels, so we were living in our RV. And so here we are, and we're, we're, we've got a mailbox at home. Mm-hmm. And not to age myself or date myself here, Trina. But do you remember when you actually had to get checks in the mail? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I right. Do. Okay, good. You're, you do. A lot of the young people are going, what do you mean checks in the mail? Why would you do that? That's fine, right? What? We would, we would circle around every three weeks or so to our mailbox and pick up mail. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there'd be all these checks in there. And I'd go down to the bank, and there's this one time I'm depositing about $60,000 in um, money from investments in that. And the teller, she says, Mr. Real Pal, I've been wondering, to, and I want to ask you a question. I said, what is it? She goes, every time you come in, you're always depositing a lot of money. What do you do? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I don't know. I have fun. <laughs> she goes, how do I do that to make this kind of money? But because we were focusing on creating wealth, all of a sudden the wealth just started coming. Mm. And so for you and your listeners, I most people, one of the reasons they struggle is they go, I'm, I'm stressed out over finances. I need to become a millionaire. I need to become wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so because they're already busy and they're already stressed, going for that wealth is really hard. But if they focus on saying, let me get financially free first, so I can now free up all these hours to now focus on creating wealth and do it in those steps, when it comes to creating wealth, you'll be blown away with how easy you can do it because now you actually have time to breathe, enjoy life, and create the wealth. I hope that makes sense. It does, you know, and that's what I'm looking for. I need that time so I can do things because, you know, that's why, at least me and I, I think every entrepreneur, but I want freedom. You know, I don't want to be an entrepreneur that's working 24 hours a day and then going, oh, I hate my life. You know, I did this because I want freedom want to do what I love, but I also have time to do the things that I want to do, like traveling, spending more time with my kids. So 
Yes. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. great sense. It it really it really does. Now, my question is, okay, so I've heard of passive income pretty much like probably everyone listening. What exactly is passive income? Because like when I hear passive income or I hear somebody talk about passive income, what is the most common thing? Oh, real estate. You need to get real estate. Well, is right. Is that the only way to get passive income? No. Oh, goodness. No. That's just one. That's just one of many. And and this is a, you brought up a great point because here's the key. Two kind of different types of passive income. There's investment income, which is money working for you. And then there's passive business income, business working for you. So on the investment side, anything that's giving you an interest rate, giving you a dividend. So stocks, bonds, anything that you're getting some kind of interest from. Um, if you're talking real estate, one of the things my wife and I love to do is we love to be the lender for second mortgages because people don't realize they can actually become the bank. And so when you understand the system, because I don't want to go and buy real estate, that's not my passion. Right. It's not. But I have friends and partners who are really good at what they do and they can come to me and they say, Robert, here's this property. The person's looking for a second mortgage and they've done the work to know that um, it's a good investment because even if the person walks away, there's enough to pay the bank off and get our return. We take over the property because the banks usually don't want to have to deal with it. So as a second mortgagee, we can come and say, we'll take over the payments. We can sell it off and make a profit. And I don't even have to touch it. My friend does it. But in all the second mortgages I've done, never had to go that route because they've always done the work up front to make sure that it's a secure investment. And because you're taking a second position, higher interest. So I can make a nice high interest. I've had second mortgages where I'm making 13% year after year after year. Oh, and and Trina, when you understand investments, that's a small interest rate. I don't look at anything that doesn't give me at least 15% anymore because my money deserves to work hard for me. I've worked hard enough for it, right? And this is the mindset shift. That's the that's the biggest thing right now because I'm watching your reaction. And for you, a 12, 13%, that is like, in your mind, you're probably going, that's got to be risky mm-hmm. to get that kind of interest rate. You can have a 1% interest rate on an investment. And if you don't understand it, it's riskier than getting 50% on an investment you understand. See, the, the risk comes in your knowledge your due diligence, your understanding of the investment. If you remember, I said, one of the things we learned is to take ownership of our financial decisions. So now, even if I invest money and I give it to someone to invest for me, which I have investment advisors, and because I don't have time, it's not my passion now to do all my investments. Mm -hmm. But if they lose the money, I don't blame them. See, I'm the one that gave them the money. I educated myself enough to know if they're doing a good job or not, to do my due diligence of whether I'm going to invest through them or not. But if something goes wrong, like in a pandemic, I don't sit there and go, you lost my money, which is what most people do. I take ownership because I've had losing investments. Oh, I've had losers, but that's the biggest difference right there. And as you educate yourself and also you learn how, so investment income, money working for you, any kind of thing like that, passive business income, you can take any business. Like with your knowledge from being a retired naval person you have a little bit of specific knowledge technical knowledge you could actually start a business and i'm rereading a book right now that i'm going to recommend everybody reads it's e-myth by michael gerber and that's the entrepreneurial yeah e-myth for entrepreneur myth okay it sold millions of copies around the world and it gets very specific for even there's e-myth for plumbers e-myth for ac e-myth there's about a thousand different variants of it because it all talks about what you brought up. I don't want to work 24 seven and come home and go, I hate being an entrepreneur. Right. See in Domino's Pizza, my wife and I, we were working in the business all the time. Mm-hmm. And the e-myth to be a true entrepreneur, you have to spend time working on it. On it, right. Okay, and something you know from being in the Navy, systems are king mm-hmm. or queen, right? So as an entrepreneur, you come in and everything you do, you systematize. Mm-hmm. And you make it so simple that if someone who's never done that job can come in, open up the manual and know the basics of how to do it. That's the way you've got to look at it. But most entrepreneurs, the reason they go become an entrepreneur is they wanted to fire their boss. They hated their boss. Right. But then they become their own boss and hate <laughs> their new boss even more. Right? 
<laughs> I see you can resonate with all this, right? I can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and look, I'm, I'm going to, one of the things I'm working on right now that you and I may have a conversation down the road because of your specialty. You want to do more trainings. You want to be able to speak. You want to help people and financially do well, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. I'm looking at putting something together with the owner of EMF where I will train, take people that have never trained a day in their life and show them how to deliver teachings, um, his material, doing presentations, 35, 40 minutes, any, all over the um, U.S., virtually or um, live. And they don't even have to sell. They just say, here's what E-Myth is, here's blah, 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 following the system. Mm-hmm. And then someone else does the close, and the person you make a percentage of everything that's closed. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, and because to be a speaker and a trainer, the number one thing, I've, I've been blessed to train thousands of trainers around the world, and the number one thing that separates people who succeed and don't is the practice. Mm-hmm. Most people will never put in the practice. Right. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, why I want to take new people is I'll say, you give me three months to six months and you do it, our system, deliver it again and again and again and again and again and again and again, you're going to get the practice and make money at the same time. Mm-hmm. And after six months, now you have the confidence and the skills to go teach your own material. Mm-hmm. See, it becomes a win-win. Right. That's mindset. That's creative thinking. Right. And if in that six months, I can help someone make $150,000, dollars do you think they're going to be happy? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the key. So that that's how knowledge and, and learning. I, I will never quit learning as much as I train on stages all over the world. I will. I'm always a student. I will be in as many audiences as I can because the moment I think I know it all. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Plain and simple. You know, that's that's um, amazing because I like you. I, I'm, I'm a constant learner, but. How did you guys, so you, I know you said, you know, you guys started reading and um, educating yourself on the passive income and everything. Was there like one certain training you did or a certification or did you guys just kind of immerse yourself in whatever you could find? We immersed. Okay. I'm a huge believer. Don't just learn one way. Mm -hmm. Learn from as many people. And there's a lot of trains I've never used, Mm -hmm. but I picked up a little nugget or two of gold or clue as I call them. And, and that's where other people stress themselves out. They'll do a training. And if they don't use a hundred percent of it, they get overwhelmed and frustrated. And then they deem it to be a failure. Why did I do that? I didn't use it. And then they get frustrated and then they quit learning or they don't learn as much for me. If I can pull out one or two nuggets of gold, Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And I've paid thousands of dollars for training and other people going, Oh, and I go, well, because of this, it's going to make me millions. I'm not happy. Right. Well, what about the rest? Don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a simple person. I'm a very simple person that way. Oh, my goodness. And it's funny. Uh, what you're saying reminds me. So I'm reading the book, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill. Napoleon yeah. Hill. And, and I, you know, it's funny because I had read it once really, you know, read it, whatever. And now I'm reading it because I'm actually going through it. And I'm like, yes, this makes so much sense. Yes. And when you said, you know, about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur to fire your boss, and then now you're the boss. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, and it's so ironic, because I finally broke down and got a virtual assistant because me too. Oh, my goodness, isn't it like, like, I was like, I'm going to fire myself from this because like you said, I was like working in the business, working in, and I was like, you know what? I'm spending so much time doing this crazy stuff. I'm not working on the money part, you know, of the yes. getting the clients and doing the things that yes. I need because I'm going, Oh my God, I got 12,000 emails to work through and this, this. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to finally hire a virtual assistant. And I'm like, yeah, this gives me, more time. <laughs> and then you're like, why the heck didn't it, why did it take me so long? Right. Exactly. exactly. And, and you and I, I'm, I'm two months into my VA and I've now got three. Wow. Because all of a sudden, and, and here's the conversation I'm interviewing. And I said, so Melissa, I need help with my social media. Mm-hmm. I've got all these thousands of pictures from around the world on stages, but I've never thought I can use them because it's got other advertising in behind. But someone told me you could probably take my picture out or or blur the background. And she looks at me, she goes, well, that's easy. And I'm like, of course, that's easy. (laughs) 
I brought her on part-time to begin with. And all of a sudden she's like, okay, Robert, here's your calendar for, here's all your social media posts. You know, Mark's doing up the graphics. Here's the quotes we're using. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Here's what's going on in each one. As you're doing podcast interviews, we're adding those in as, you know, to promote. And so we're doing this. All you have to do is go in and prove it or disapprove or tell me if you need adjustments. And I'm like, why did it take me so long? Yes, yes. She's an absolute godsend. And she oversees the other two now. So I don't even have to worry about that. Nice. And that's part of being an entrepreneur. That's exactly it. Systemizing. Mm -hmm. Because you get the right virtual assistant. She's also documenting everything that's done in my style. So that if I ever need another assistant, I don't have to train them. Their system does. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. So crazy. So, I mean, and you know, and I like what you're saying about how you're thinking, um, the passive income and not saying, Oh, I got out of debt. Cause you corrected me on that. You're like, I didn't say I got out of debt. It's the fact that, you know, I became financially free and it's funny because that's something I've always said, like, I want to be financially free. And I've always classified it as, okay, I don't, I'm not going to have any debt, da, da, da. but can you really go through life without debt? <laughs> no, there's good debt and there's bad right. debt. Look at the, look at the interest rates right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I just remortgaged my home because I was able to drop three and a half percent off the interest rate. And so now I can, t- I'd rather take that equity mm-hmm. instead of just sitting in the home, like Robert Kiyosaki, a house is not good. It's, it's a, an expense. It mm-hmm, really is. Mm-hmm. So I would rather take that equity at 1.78% that it's costing me, turn around and get it making 15, 20, 25, 30, 35%. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But Robert, that means I have debt. Yeah. But you're now making money. Now, of course, it, it takes learning. Don't just go, well, Robert said, take out equity in my house and go invest it. No, <laughs> do the work. Understand the investments know the risks because again, I've lost money in, in investments. I'll never say I haven't. Anybody who says they only gain bull, that's crap. You've got, that's why you have to have the understanding and that's why you put the work in Yeah, to learn. Yes. Yes. And tell, tell the listeners, what is the best way to go about learning this? Is it, you know, just reading podcasts? I mean, what are some really, solid ways to get good information because some people, you know, like when I was starting my business, someone was like, Oh, why are you paying for a coach? You could just watch that on YouTube. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I was like, you do know, I want to start a real business, right? This is not, Oh, I'm going to watch this guy on YouTube today. And then this guy and then try to piece something together. So what is the way that people can do that and do their homework and, and learn the things they need to learn the right way? Well, you've already touched on part of it. Um, in my book, Success Left a Clue, step number two of the six steps is you find a mentor or someone to model from. Mm-hmm. And so when you you mentioned Napoleon Hill, you're re- rereading mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich. My recommendation, don't reread it. Study it. Mm-hmm. Study it. Because every time you go through it, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. So you'll pick up different things. And so um, when it comes to coaches, yes, I have a little formula I call three, two, one, rich. Mm. And I want to be clear in, in rich. I'm not, when I talk about wealth, Trina, it's not just money. Mm-hmm. We're holistic beings. Mm-hmm. You want to have mental, emotional, spiritual, right. physical, financial yes. wealth in all those areas. Yes, absolutely. And so when you're talking about three, two, one, rich, the three means have three coaches in your life. You might have a health coach. You might have a business coach. You might have a financial coach. So that's your accountant. So have at least three coaches in your life and be willing to pay them. Mm-hmm. Here's one of the biggest, and I'll, you know, I learned this. And I, I, when I first went to India and started training there, I rubbed some people the wrong way until they really got what I was telling them. Mm. Because in India, they loved the deal. They like, yeah, yeah, that's the price you're giving everybody else. But it, when you get off the stage, you're like, so what's my price? What's my deal? What, what's, what are you going to do for me? Because I want to be your student and you want me as your student, but I'm not going to pay what everybody else is paying. And I could have done what everybody else does and said, oh, okay, for you, we'll do this, we'll do this. But I, what I started doing is I look at them and I say, let me ask you a question. They're like, what? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a business owner? Yeah. Would you love to have the greatest customers in the world? Of course. 
would you love them to pay you what you're worth? Oh, I hate people don't pay me what I'm worth. <laughs> That's because you're not willing to pay others what they're worth. Mm-hmm. See, you've got to model as a client what you want as a client. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there always looking for, I want it free right. or cheap, yep. guess who's going to be coming for your services? Yep. The people who want it free or cheap. Yep. Plain and simple. So have the three coaches be willing to pay for them. That's why you do your due diligence. Check the references. Don't just say you sound good. Check them out. Look, you're a former intelligence officer. You know how to do the work for you not to figure out if someone's real or not, right? Right. Have two mentors. The, the two is two mentors. Now, difference, and this was a new learning for me a few years. I didn't know what the difference between a coach and a mentor was until I did the looking at it. A mentor, a coach is someone who's going to draw out of you what you want, ask you the questions, help you along, kick you in the butt when you need it, okay? A mentor is someone who's accomplished already what you want to accomplish. And they're not going to sit there and say, ask you the questions and control you and it's okay, come on. They're going to sit there and say, if you want to be where I'm at, mm-hmm. and if I'm mentoring you, do this, do this, do this. Right. So when I mentor trainers, they pay me a lot of money to have one-on-one mentoring with me. And one of the rules is they know that you pay up front. Mm-hmm. I will give you tasks and then you don't come back to me until you've completed those tasks. And some of them I won't hear from for six months because they know that they have to do the work. I'm not sitting there going, come on, what's going on? That's a coach's job. Mm-hmm. So as a mentor, so when you find a mentor, find someone who's done what you want to do and get creative. If they have a book, read it. If they have programs, get the programs, study them and model, you know, uh, shadow them if you can. Mm-hmm. That's how I became a trainer. I spent two and a half years volunteering at 38 events a year for my one mentor. Because mm. when I asked him to mentor me, he said, I'm sorry, I don't have time to do one-on-one. And it would cost you about a million dollars. And guess what, Trina? When he told me that, I'd already been volunteering for a while. My wife and I, I got pissed. I'm like, how dare he? Mm-hmm. With all the work. And my wife's let me vent and vent and vent. And all of a sudden, she, you know, I finish and she's like, are you done? I'm like, what do you mean am I done? Are you done with that crap? And I'm like, bye, bye. She goes, okay, I'm done. So I get it out. She goes, are you done now? I said, yeah. I said, we're never volunteering again. And she looks at me. She goes, wrong answer. Mm-hmm. I look at her. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, if I understand this correct, you're getting upset because he spoke his truth and you can't handle it. Yeah, bye, bye. She goes, do we have a million dollars to spend? No. She goes, then what's the issue here? Well, what's going to happen? She goes, well, we're going to volunteer more. I thought my wife had gone off her rocker, Trina. <laughs> what do you mean we're going to volunteer more? She goes, when we're volunteering, we're in the energy. Yeah. You're watching him. Yeah. So he's going to mention you one way or the other. Yep. All of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, I become his personal assistant. <laughs> and when he's doing a training, I have to sit at the back of the room for the 12 hours a day he's on stage. And the only thing I'm allowed to do is watch him. Mm-hmm. I got his mannerisms, his voice tones, his movements. I modeled him down to a T. When I started training, people said they'd close their eyes and they thought it was him on stage. Wow. Because yeah. I modeled him that closely. Mm-hmm. And also, and it took two years. I saved myself a million bucks. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah. Well, I look at the life I have now, right? But most people, their minds won't go around that. Right. They'll go, but you didn't get paid. When I talk to people about how to, um, become vital. It's, it's part of my new book I'm writing, and it's the authority master key. You become vital, and the V stands for virtuoso. If you want to become great at something, you jump in wherever you can to start learning. You just jump in. I've scrubbed toilets and been happy. I've polished shoes, pressed shirts, and been happy because I'm learning. And everything I've become successful at, I started at the bottom, if you want to call it that, and I worked my way up. That's what the attitude it takes to really become successful. Too many people, unfortunately, they go, I want to be at the top. That's where I want to start. Well, if you start there, you don't understand the rest, and that's why you crash. Right. Right. So three coaches, two um, mentors, and be part of at least one mastermind. Mm -hmm. You know, I was mentioning I just finished running a three-hour mastermind earlier today, and the second day of it's tomorrow. I had 100 students from around the world on the mastermind. Because it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And if because you're reading Napoleon Hill, right? 
one plus one in school equals two, mm-hmm. but one plus one in a mastermind equals 11. Mm-hmm. Because when all of a sudden your mind and another mind come together and people start, you bounce off of each other, trigger something else, trigger something else. That's how you truly, um, I surround myself with such amazing people. You show me who you're surrounded with and I'll tell you what your life is like. Mm-hmm. And that's where masterminding is so powerful to come in because as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Mm-hmm. But that's what we always try to do. Yes. Yeah. We're resistant. And, and we could go down a whole rabbit hole train of why that is that people resist. But I'm just going to say it comes from school. Yeah. So And so, yeah. So, yeah. So three coaches, two mentors, be part of at least one mastermind. You do that and you will have riches and wealth in all areas of your life. Mm. I guarantee it. You know, and it's, it's, I'm glad you said that about the wealth because a lot of people do, they think wealth is just the currency, the money. And it's not, it is, it's, it's emotional, spiritual, the financial whole thing. Because when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I want to be wealthy in all those areas. Because my thing is, if you don't have peace of mind, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. (laughs) It's not going to do you any good. Exactly. You know, yep. if your health is failing or if your family is, you know, in shambles, what good is all of that? So exactly, that's where people need to change their mindset. And again, like you said, school, school teaches us so many things the wrong way. Right. <laughs> but yet, but yet we're conditioned and told, yeah, go to school, go to and like we were talking, go to school, then you get a good job and you stay in that job and you just work and you you know, do, and I'm, you know, and I, I realized this long ago, well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you know, I have had the journey with the military and working. And then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to get wealthy working for someone else and doing this. You just, you, yeah. you can't, but they condition us to say, well, yeah, if you work hard and you have a job and, you know, and you stay at get all these letters forever. behind your name, exactly. get all these letters behind your name. That makes you more important. And it's, it's like, how many people today actually use what they went to secondary education for? They don't, right? And and I, I want also your listener, listeners to understand, I am in no way perfect. I don't have it figured out. I've learned most of this by crashing, mm-hmm. making a lot of, you know, as an example, I, when I started training, I was living my passion so much. For the first four and a half years, I did on average 40 to 50 full-on multi-day trainings a year all over North America and then expanding it around the world. And I was only at home on average two days a month. Mm. I was overliving my passion. Now, the only reason it worked is my wife was running logistics, so she traveled with me. And people are like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm on stage. She's running logistics. She's up an hour to two hours before me, and she's in bed an hour to two hours after me running the event. So we were together, but we weren't together. right? And I ended up getting so burnt out overliving my passion that, and not taking care of my health, that in 2008, near the end, September, I had to take a one-year break. Mm-hmm. And that one-year break actually turned into three and a half years wow. because I had actually went through two back surgeries during that time because I forgot to take care of the wealth of my health. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have your health, what good is wealth going to do you? And now, thank goodness, the one stress we didn't have during that time, well, I'm bedridden, I can't get out of bed is I wasn't worried about money because we had that taken care of. You know, we had income coming in. But I'll tell you the what that – I started going into all my old negative non-supportive habits. Mm-hmm. I started playing poor me. I started going into the victim role because here I am. I'm like, why is my back up? Why am I going through another back surgery? You know, and, and it's – that's how I've learned that when I came out and realized I had to train again, mm-hmm. not for this, not for the money, but because it's my passion – is that's where I wanted to put more balance in my life. And people think balance is like everything's perfect. It's like, oh, but that's not reality. See, things are always changing and balancing is making the adjustments. Right. So the first adjustment I, when I decide to come out of retirement is I'm only doing train, 20 trainings a year, no matter where in the world I'm used. So that way I have six months a year off. Nice. Because Trina, I like my time off. <laughs> <laughs> I like my time off. And now... You know, for the last, since 2012, when I came out of retirement, eight and a half years, nine years, I've done 19, 20, or 21 trainings a year on average throughout that whole time because I set the intention 
And I stuck to it because there were people going, well, what about, can you add one more on? Can you add one more on? And, you know, we, it's not, the problem isn't with not setting boundaries. A lot of people set boundaries, mm-hmm. but it's them that allow the boundaries to be pushed. Right. This is where you've got to take ownership of who you are. You know, as a, a naval officer, how often were boundaries being, you know, we got to do this. And if you let them push, it's you that made the decision. Right. But if you hold your space, it's you that holds the space. Right. Right. We've got to do that in life as well. Mm. So. I love that. And, and I really love what you said about the balance because people do. People think balance is just this flat line, you know, right. no. and it's no. not. No. It's not. It's not a flat line because, like you said, it, it, things are always ebbing and flowing. and You have to be able to yep. go along with it. And if your balance is a flat line, it's because you flatline. <laughs> and you're, and you're done. I don't want that balance for a long time. Well, that's yet. that's really balance. That's like stiff balance. That's right. You're like right. balanced, ultimately balanced. Oh no, I don't want that either. And you know, and. The boundary thing. So my speaking coach is Lisa Nichols. You may have heard of her, but it's funny because she mentioned the same thing. She said when she first started, she didn't have any boundaries. It was, I want to speak. I want to do these. And, you know, this, this, and this. So people would call her any every time and she would say, okay. Now she says, you know what? And this is one of the coaching things. She was like, you know, I already have in my mind how many events I'm going to do. And if someone calls me and she, and I'm not going to mention the person's name, but they called her and was like, Hey, in two weeks, can you do this? And we'll offer you this. And she was like, mm, no. And it said, most people will be like, what did you do? She was like, no, because first of all, that's not how I work. And this person knows that because they know me. And if I allow them to do this to me, the next year, they're going to do this to me. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, that makes sense. And I guess the, and another thing is not only boundaries, but you, you find where your values lie, because if yes. you're going to be easily swayed or the money will make it where you'll do anything, then yeah, you won't have that balance. You won't have that peace. You won't have the wealth of your, your health, your, your emotions, your mental, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. And it, it, really is important. And it it took me until she said that it took me a while to really understand that. And I'm like, yeah, that really makes sense. Total sense. And a a principle I love says you teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And so don't look at someone going, how dare they treat me that way? Look at yourself and say, why am I letting them? Why have I trained them? It's okay to treat me that way. I learned very quickly who my friends were when I stepped back in 2008 to take a break because I'm burnt out. And all of a sudden, because now I'm freed up, all of a sudden my phone is ringing off the hook, emails, Robert, I want to do this with you. And I'd like, nope, taking a year off. Mm-hmm. Well, what about this? We'll make so much money. Obviously, if you think it's about the money for me, you don't know me very well. So please don't contact me again. Right. Because all of a sudden, and, and that's it, it's like, People who know me, they know I do what I do because it's what I love. Mm-hmm. Money becomes a beautiful side effect. Right. My number one rule when I'm working with trainers that want to do what I do, I tell them the moment I feel it's about the money for you, mm-hmm. I won't train you anymore mm-hmm. because you're now doing it for the wrong reason. Right. And if I'm sensing it, your audience, you better believe your audience is going to set it. You can have the greatest information in the world, but they're going to be like, something's wrong here. Yep. Something's wrong, right? Exactly. So yeah, it's <laughs> so it's it is. Those boundaries are very, very important, and it took me a lot of time because I was that person that yep, I can do this. Yep, I can do that, and I'd be like so burnt out. I can do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, yes. of course, it's part of my journey. It's made me who I am today. Right. To have this understanding of it, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, a question I get all the time: people go, "If you could go back to Robert, you know, eighteen-year-old Robert, what?" advice would you give them? And I always find that hard training because I'm like, with the way I look at life now, I wouldn't want to change anything. Mm -hmm. All the good, all the bad, because it's made me who I am today. So I think the only advice I'd ever give myself is just be you. Yeah. See, I believe that's the greatest gift anyone can give the planet is be yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, this is such a great conversation. And 
not only did I fire myself, but I went away this past weekend and I took a vacation and I didn't do any work. I had a couple of people who wanted me to jump on Zoom calls and I was going to do it. And then I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm away because this is my time. Yes. And let me ask you a question because let's take this deeper. Mm -hmm. Did you celebrate that after your weekend? Um, I wouldn't say I celebrated it, but I was proud of myself at the moment because I had Perfect. set yes. my calendar. So I'm and gonna everything. stop you there. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there because this is this is step number four in my book. Mm-hmm. This is what why people sabotage their success is their mind won't let them celebrate mm-hmm. something that they accomplished. So my encouragement is the moment we're done this interview, I want you to find some way to celebrate that not only did I put it in place, but I held to it. And yes, because the moment you do that, it can be something as simple as good job Mm -hmm. and pat yourself on the back. Or when I do my workouts, 10 claps for Robert. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but you're sending out the energy that you're celebrating what you've done. So the next time it comes time to say, you know what, it's time for another break. It's easier to do it because you've celebrated it and your body and your mind going, hmm, I remember that. Mm -hmm. It felt great. So I would encourage, it's just an encouragement for you that when we're done, find a way to celebrate that you held to it because that is freaking amazing. No, I, I I agree. I like I liked the idea of celebrating because I was, I was actually really proud of myself because normally I would have been like, okay, I got to jump on this call and, and, you know, and I didn't do it. And I was so nice. happy about that. I was like, and it just felt so good because, like I said, I had put it on my calendar and I was like, oh, OK, at this time I need to be. And then I thought I was like, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Yeah. So I'm giving you a round of applause for that. I'm going to help celebrate you for that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> and you, you mentioned you're a single mother, right? Yes. One of the biggest things I get from people that are going, but I'm already busy. I'm a parent. I'm a single parent. And, you know, success means less time with my family. And one of the things I want people to understand is success doesn't mean less time. Family and friends will take quality mm-hmm. versus quantity right. every day. Yes. And so the question is for people is, and, and I'll ask this, Trina, have you ever been having a conversation with someone and they may be there physically with you, but you know, their mind is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. There's it, right? So that's not quality. That's just someone being, and that's what, unfortunately, most entrepreneurs when they're with family, they're like, yeah, honey, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Good. And they wonder why their family's getting stressed. So one of the things, and, and this is a, a little tip and trick I use. I live by my phone, my calendar. Mm-hmm. The first thing that my wife and I put on our calendar before anything else is what we call our balance pieces. Mm. That is time together. Mm-hmm. time for ourselves, fitness, time for family. Mm-hmm. Those go on before anything else. So once those are in place, then I go to what's called um, focus time. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of entrepreneurs are really busy. And being busy is not the same as being productive. Mm-hmm. And so I could come down because I'm writing my new book. I can come down to my office and I can spend eight hours writing my book. And I go upstairs later. And I'm like, oh, was I busy? but I didn't really seem like I got a lot done. Yeah. How many times was I on social media? How many times did I respond to emails and texts? Oh, and I didn't write a little bit of the book. So on my calendar, after the balance pieces, I put in focus times where when I come down and I'm and research shows that a person can only truly stay focused on something for about an hour mm-hmm. before their mind starts drifting. Right. Since you're reading Think and Grow Rich, I want you to read another Napoleon Hill book. Okay. Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Outwitting devil. The devil. Mm-hmm. He wrote it two years after Think and Grow Rich, but it did not get released until 70 years later. Wow. Really? And the reason is, yeah, because it's so controversial and it's it's even more powerful today than it was back in 1939 when he wrote it, that their family was um, fearful of being persecuted over what he wrote in the book. So they put it in the vaults. And then when they were ready to release it, they got a hold of Sharon Lecter. Mm-hmm. And you know who Sharon Lecter yes, is? Yes, I'm connected and they said, with her. <laughs> yeah, we were ready to, um, she's the co-author of this book. They handed it to her and said, 
please update it for today and put in your pieces. That book will blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. And he talks about drifting in there. And so as there's 10 different ways that we take ourselves out. And so read that book. So when I'm on my focus time, in an hour being focused, the doors close. My family and that know not to email me, not to phone me because I'm not answering. I'm focused on that book. In 60 minutes of being focused, I can be as productive as six hours of being busy. Hmm. Right. And so it also frees up a lot of time. And so now I actually have more time because when I'm focused, then I can step away when I'm done a focus time and go, celebrate. Yes. And I leave those fate because I have the balance pieces in there. It, it, this is kind of the cool thing. When you put the balance pieces in, just like in finances, they say, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing that on the time as well now? Right? Mm -hmm. Pay yourself first on your time because now you can work as much as you want because you've got the balance pieces in place and you're not feeling overwhelmed and you're not feeling like you're not doing enough for your family. Because now when you're with family and you schedule it in to have, say, you know, son or daughter. Both. One of each. Oh, yeah. So you have time together or even if you schedule, you know, now this is your time, this is your time. Also in 30 minutes or an hour with them of real quality time, they're going to remember that more than three hours, five hours with mom where she wasn't really there right. because yep. she was trying to figure out other things. So that's what's really changed my life around is because now, uh, you know, it's summertime. My wife and I do a lot of camping with family. <clears throat> Next week, we're going out to the boonies. We got our quads. I'm meeting up with my sister and her husband, and there's about four or five other couples. We surround, circle our RVs up. We go quadding into the woods. I have no cell service, <laughs> and we have a blast because that's important, yeah. right? Yeah. It's all in how you think of how, what you want to create. <laughs> and again, it's taken me a lot of years to figure this stuff out, and I don't have it all figured out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out, you know, as my entrepreneurial journey continues to go because yeah, like you say, you find, cause I, I did the exact same thing you were saying. I found myself being busy, being busy. And I was like, what did I do today? And then like you said, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so exhausted. What did I do? And then the next day it's like the rinse and repeat. And I was like, okay, yep. I'm, I'm not doing this because I'm not, You're not making a ball company. joke. Are you? You're not making a not ball at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what one of my, my mentoring students said. He said, I'm not bald. I walk 20% faster than other people. Because <laughs> I'm aerodynamic. <laughs> he said, he has nothing getting in the way. But no, That's right. It's, That's right. it's so important, you know, and it is, you know, working, you know, in the business, at a, on the business, being busy, being, you know, busy, being busy. And then you haven't accomplished anything. And it's like, right. wow, it's like, what am I doing? And, you know, and it's funny. And, and then we're going to get to the questions, but um, somebody contacted me on LinkedIn. I have a feeling you and I can talk for I hours. No, that's, that's why I'm trying to like speed it along. So I had someone contact me on LinkedIn, right? And um, whatever, they were trying to sell me something. And I was like, nope, not interested. And then they're like, well, what if I told you you can make blah, 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 blah. And I told him, I said, I don't live my life based on money. So that what you're saying to me doesn't appeal to me because that's not my driving force. And you know what they said? They were like, oh, okay. Thanks for your time. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, because money obviously was for them. Right. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That doesn't, you know, that's not my driving force. Oh, what if I told you you can make this, this amount of money? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it was a quick shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it oh my goodness yeah so we could talk forever so we're gonna get into our questions because we have been rambling um and we'll take this offline so you ready <laughs> yeah. okay hang on yep i'm ready okay okay, okay. <laughs> who or what motivates you animals i love animals and taking care of them okay what demotivates you people who don't know what they're doing, <laughs> especially myself at times. Oh, when was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Mm. 
Wow. When I wanted to become a trainer, people actually looked at me and laughed and went, you want to become a trainer? Good luck. And so because I was too tenacious to stop, I look back today and go, here's where I'm at. Where are you at? Mm. What is your fear? Being a reformed people pleaser, I go through self-doubt. That I'm not good enough. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? (laughs) Do we have time to list them all? No, not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it probably, (laughs) yeah. When I went from my first back surgery and I didn't listen to the doctor and I re-herniated the same disc and landed back in the hospital three weeks later. I wish I hadn't hosted an event that, yeah, <laughs> you know, listen to this. I was feeling so good. And my friends were like, you've got to host this event. And I'm on my hiatus, my break. I'm like, no, no, guys. And they're going, but we have the greatest lineup in the world. And I'm like, who do you have? And they're like, well, we have the Dalai Lama. Yes. <laughs> we have Sir Richard Branson. Okay. <laughs> 18 of the world's most amazing thought leaders. And they wanted me to be the host because of the way I can hold an audience. And um, I'll, I'll take ownership. It was me. I thought, because I'm three weeks out of my surgery, I thought that sitting down, I'd be on stage, I'd introduce or whatever, and I'd go and sit down right away, not realizing the sitting motion put twice the pressure on my lower back than standing. So me doing that, not probably taking care of myself, I re-herniated my disc, ended up in the hospital for three more weeks before they could redo the surgery. So, Yeah. <laughs> Not smart. I'd be in 2020. Yeah, right. Not smart. <laughs> My wife didn't have sympathy for some reason. Uh, yeah, t- yeah. Tell her I-, I agree. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? <laughs> <laughs> Many times I wish I hadn't opened my mouth and said some <laughs> things like that. <laughs> oh, for that one. Not, I don't know, because I'm such, that one's tough, Trina, because I can't look back now and go, I wish I hadn't done that, because it's made me who I am. Mm -hmm. I I look for the lessons. So that probably doesn't help, but (laughs) we don't answer it. It's it's real. I'll take that. What is your definition of success? Someone who's got the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial, and they're working on all of them consistently. Mm -hmm. How do you recharge? Oh, for me, recharging is um, just being with family, camping, getting on my quad, getting out into the woods and just enjoying life. Mm. What are you? I disconnect to reconnect. <laughs> I like that. What are you awesome at? Training. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? That I help people create the life of their dreams. My mission in life is to guide and assist individuals in not only identifying, but living their purpose with passion. Mm, nice. So that's the legacy I'd love to live, not to leave how I'd love to do that. So you've done this a couple of times, but leave the listeners with one motivational takeaway. Yeah. Always live with your life with passion. Plain and simple. Mm. So tell the listeners how they can connect with you, your books, they need you for training, the whole shebang. Shebang, shebang. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's not what you asked. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, um, Trina, uh, for you being so gracious to have me on your show, what I'd love to do is give as a gift from you and I to your listeners. If they go to robertriopel.com, just my name, nice and easy. R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com. They're actually going to be able to download the digital copy of my first book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift to them. Now, it does come with a caveat, though. Step number three is take action. So I didn't write it as a book to read and then put on the shelf and become shelf help. I wrote it as a workbook. So there's action steps through it. And I actually say, before you read any further, do this action. Mm-hmm. And then the next chapter, I say, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back and do that action. 
because we are creatures of habit. So I, I would love for people to go and download it, but I want them to, if they do the work, easy read. But if you do the action steps, I guarantee you the six steps will impact your life majorly. Nice. Nice. Well, Robert, I thank you for being on Trina Talk. Like I said, we can talk for hours. Um, and I know the listeners have gotten some wealth and some gems out of this because I have. And it's just been a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, same. Likewise. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.